Hey, welcome to episode 17 of Defy the Norm. So today we're talking about RV living with teens. Now, a lot of people choose to downsize and live their RV dreams with young kids or even grade school kids, but high schoolers and adults that I have now, you know, I don't know anybody who has uh, teens and adults that chooses this RV lifestyle. So today I'm going to hand the mic over to Gabby, Isabel, and Danny, and they're going to share with you exactly what and why they love this RV lifestyle and maybe encourage you to uh, embrace it, even if you have teens that are a little bit reluctant. Uh, hopefully they're going to inspire you to see that there really is some great benefits to choosing RV living with teens. To inspire you to boldly and unapologetically live outside the box, dream big, and question everything. This is the Defy the Norm podcast with nomads with a purpose. Welcome to Nomads with a Purpose. I'm Gabby. I'm Isabel. I'm Danny. So we've been living in an RV since, well, we're all different ages, but I've been, we've been living in an RV since I was 14, since you were 10, and since you were... So 14. So we've been living in an RV for six years now and we had the super unconventional lifestyle of being nomads, traveling the world and living in an RV and so we wanted to share some of the things um, like the challenges and the things that nobody tells you about what it's like to live in an RV as a teenager. On top of that, um, living in an RV w with teenagers is one of the biggest um, Block, blockages. Yeah. It's almost like um, a curse. Block. People Road people block. treat it like a black cat crossing the road with when it comes to teens living in an RV. Like, oh, we don't, you don't do that. They're, That's like they're a delicate, curse. is what they would say. Right, yeah. but a lot of people don't don't want to move into their RVs because they have teenage kids, and a lot of times teenage kids are sassy and they're like, "What I want to go to school, but what about my friends?" Well, we're here to share with you all the awesome things about living in an RV and all the struggles and how you can overcome them. So the first one we want to talk about is personal space because a lot of people uh, are like, ah, I can never share a room with my siblings yeah. and that well, sort of thing. Yeah, but the thing is, so I mean, when I we had friends growing up and even when we first started living in an RV, we had friends and we'd be like so in shock when they're like, oh my gosh, you are like, you have your stuff in my room. How dare you? And we're like, dude, I've been like sharing a bed with my brother for the last three weeks. So what are you talking about? And so... Personal space is not something we easily come by and it's something you easily get over and it's kind of weird. Why do you think like teenagers treat personal space like it's such an issue? But for us, like it wasn't that much of right. a thing so to overcome. So personal space really comes down to how close of a relationship you have with your family, right? Like if you're irritated by your siblings and by your parents, then you don't want to be around them all the time. So first you might have to address like that. Well, maybe you should try to like have a better relationship with your siblings because we all love each other yeah. so much yeah i mean like speaking as the most introverted and probably the one that you guys would say needs the most personal space yeah. <laughs> um you just take it where you can get it and i mean you don't no teenager needs personal space every second of their day even even ones like me just need a couple of hours and yeah. if they really want it they will find it they don't have to be in the rv the entire day most people are not in their rvs the entire day i think that's yeah. a big right one. and truthfully like that's the thing it's like your personal space just becomes the outdoors not your own room and so 
you know, the other things that we're going to talk about in this will be, um, will play a role in that because we're going to talk about like intrinsic motivation later on, but mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. So like person and personal space comes down to like, the reason we want like teens want so much personal space is, I mean, like at first I wanted a lot of personal space because it was like, oh, I'm like, I was literally being just angsty. Like I want space. I don't like this. But then eventually you're just like, well, this is pretty awesome. And you find personal space and things to do outside of that. So the second one is minimalism ain't too shabby. So we literally each for, for four years of the time we lived in an RV, I think we each owned one box of clothes and our box yep. of clothes was about like that, that big, big, that deep. And that was all of the yeah. clothes we owned. And for some yep. teenagers, that's just mind boggling. How could you own so little clothes? But, but it's, but what is your clothes serving a purpose for? So truthfully, if we're spending our days outside traveling, you know, in an RV park, maybe you can, you know, when you're younger, you ride around the campground and then you go hiking. For us, we, our RV life has centered around outdoor based activities. So truthfully, all we need is like active, active wear like we're wearing right now. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is that RV life really shifts your perspective on what you need and what you don't need, especially as like a teen, you're like trying to be like, I believe in this. This is what I need, like stand in your beliefs. But then RV life changes that so much. And so when we moved into an RV, especially for the clothes realm, you're like, I really only need like four pairs of clothes. What I like do the same thing. I hike and I go to bed and then I get up and I climb again. So I really need like two outfits. And then you it, like weeds out what you need. It's minimalism. Now it's fine. Right. And so you really, at first it's going to be hard. Like if you move into an RV with teenagers, teenagers will be like, oh, but I want these things. And you have to get, you have to downsize all your unnecessary necessities that you would call necessities, but aren't really mm -hmm. necessary. And at first if it's because materialism at first plays a role in fulfilling you when you're like a young teenager. But as we get to the later things in this, um, in this video, um, you discover a sense of ex of fulfillment that isn't from external things. That's an inner sense of fulfillment. So the um, material things no longer fulfill that, that, um, but, that desire, but, that, um, that, that fulfillment, <laughs> that tank, that yeah. tank of fulfillment. And I yeah. think a lot of people have those, closets and garages full of stuff okay. and they've like never had to like actually deal with it but i think if you found that you actually were committed to moving into like a small space you go through that stuff and like 99 percent of that stuff you probably really don't need i mean like we had true. closets yeah, full true. of junk before we moved into an rv and then you just get rid of them and then you miss them for a week and then you like, oh, go on with your life you like when we first went to to an rv i was 14 and i remember when when downsizing my room and thinking one like wow i have so many things that so many little things that i don't use so many like Ornaments. nail polishes and like little knickknack things like why do i why do i still have this and so you just clear that out and it makes space for creativity and intrinsic motivation which we're about to talk about yeah a last note, I mean, like on minimalism is that in a way uh, through living RV life, it becomes addictive. And then you slowly realize like, wow, I need so little yeah, to be happy. addicted to getting rid of things. <laughs> like, I'm addicted to get rid of things because like, well, well, <laughs> basically, because like RV life teaches you like really what you need and minimalism was like such a big Yeah. Problem. So the next one is uh, sharing is caring. And um, this one's obviously yeah, here. Do you need my so, jacket? You look cold. Yeah. You know, we just share. When you downsize, you have so little things, and you're all sharing one space. You're you have to share everything. You share you share bedrooms. You share you share, share bathrooms. Closets. You share closets. Yeah. You share clothes sometimes. I mean, like now we're traveling a little more. Show your yeah, that's where we draw the line. We draw the line there. 
we are starting like living in a bigger RV now more on and off but for the first the majority we've been living in a 30 foot class C and there's seven of us in case you don't know sharing one bathroom now for most teens they I like any friends I, I had like would lose their mind having to share a bathroom with their siblings and I'm like Dude, I'm sharing it with like seven grown people. It, it Get over literally it. When we, so before we we now live in a, a 40 foot fifth wheel, but before that we lived in a 30 foot class C RV mm -hmm. for four years. Um, and it, we have shared one bathroom in that, and it would take at least an hour for everyone to get ready for bed. Yeah. And so like we'd be all yeah, in a line, go, like go go go. Yeah, not yeah. We just all be in a line like. Hurry up! Like she taught somehow our youngest takes the longest. The youngest, or like yeah. the youngest sibling. She's like, I need to do my skincare routine. Fortunately, none of us girls were obsessed with our makeup or anything, so that speeds up the process. But I know for most people, they'd be like, you know, the running joke that girls take forever in the bathroom. Well, that's not us. Not to and mention, we didn't for a long time too. We didn't have running water or showers, so it's like, they're not side running note. showers. Side note. Side note. <laughs> But like that really breaks down the, the time. But also like sharing is caring also applies to everything else. Like it applies to, I mean, in a broad sense, it's like sharing space in your life to be caring for caring for the people around you. Don't you think? Yeah. Like yeah. it's more of an attitude towards everything around you. It's not just like, I want to share my things with you. It's like, I want to share my energy with you. Yeah. I want to contribute to my mm -hmm. siblings, my family, or, so I can help out in the yeah. best way possible. And so it's that idea of ownership, like this thing is owned by me and I own it because it is mine and I deserve it. So it kind of brings you down a notch and when you realize that you are unfortunately, whether you like it or not, a team player. Yeah, it's like you switch from like, oh, I'm like, in this family mindset who like no one's working for me to like being a part of the flow of Definitely. energy yeah so the big question people always have is what about school you know everyone every teenager always says but i just want to but i want to go to high school maybe they start as rv living and they're like oh but i want to go to high school so the families quit rv living or they they don't because their kids want to stay in high school and they so they don't move into an rv so what do you do for school so the big thing is it's the concern with school for most teenagers isn't actually obviously the school part. Nobody's concerned, like, yeah. how am I going to get my education? It's like, we have this stigma and our society has, like, um, um, cultivated um, our programming as young kids to, like, think that high school is so important and it's where I'm going to have so much of my life is going to be in high school. Well, the truth is, it's not. And life exists outside of the school system yeah. and outside of a high school. And it turns out that high school actually has is very possible to be a more negative influence than a positive influence. So personally, um, do you have something that you well, want to I say? Well, I was going to say that like, I think the most intimidating thing is like the idea of like, well, if they're not in the school, I have to teach them. I don't know, I feel, you know, maybe like I can teach them all. You just give them some classes like yeah. online or yeah. homeschool. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is that people don't realize with RV life, life in itself is a teacher and RV life has taught me like way more skills than I think I was learning any time before I lived in the RV. I mean, it teaches you one, like social skills in general. You're in these new places traveling and you're like, well, I have to figure out how to communicate and just so many more life skills that are you use in life. Right. And I wrote a blog on um, 10 reasons people don't full-time travel with teens, which is slightly different, but it's the same concept really. And for some reason, a lot of people have this idea that they want their teenagers to be surrounded by other people their age, like other peers. Like it's bad for them to not be surrounded by other people their age. Well, the truth is like, why isn't it a bad thing to be surrounded by mature adults who are teaching you positive traits of 
you know, of successful adults and yeah. having that influence on you because like teenagers can, like I said, it can be a negative influence. Like sure, you know, you could have some good, good friendships that you find through school, but a lot of times you're, you're um, learning the idea that you need to, to be accepted. You need to fit in, you need to change yourself to be accepted mm -hmm. into friend groups and you just need to do what, what makes you more likable. I mean, yeah, that's, you nailed it right there. Um, but I remember, especially for me, she's totally right about uh, adults and stuff is because throughout my travels, I we didn't really interact with other people our age. They, we were never at a campground and saw other teenagers, but we did meet a lot of interesting adults. And in a way that helps you uh, as you're like going through this age, uh, growing up, cause you're seeing on a mature level. And so it kind of, um, whereas like for peers, you're in a more of a mindset of, oh, what are other people thinking of me? Like they can have that negative influence and how are we all as peers going to be in accordance to each other in the future? Do you know what mm -hmm, I'm trying to say? Definitely. And instead it's like when you're surrounded by adults, they're like have this different mindset and different energy that you're You get receiving. out of comparison and more of what you're striving for. Like, oh exactly. wow, this is, what can I grow into that this person reflects? Um, she said it in a way. And what you were talking about with um, actual schooling, so there's a couple things. Like, first of all, um, you can do like, oh, you could just get your kid in online school. That's easy. It's like, it's the easiest option, but mm -hmm. it's also like the most similar to the school system. Now, like, second, you can you can learn how to homeschool your kids. And my mom does courses on this, on how you can homeschool your kids and teenagers. And it's not as hard as you think. And you can actually make your set your kids up to be more successful. And I can say that because all three of us are entrepreneurs and we pretty much love our life, which I think most people can't say at our age. And um, so there's that option. And then leading on onto that one is that three, um, I think high school is probably the best opportunity in a kid's life to learn how to become an entrepreneur. And I know some people are like, well, why would I want my kid to be an entrepreneur? Entrepreneur? <laughs> well, being an entrepreneur um, gives you so many options in life. And even if your child at one point decides like, well, I don't want to be an entrepreneur and says, I want to go to college to get this job. The skills of learning to be an entrepreneur are skills that will um, yeah. cross over to all aspects of life to allow your kids to um, set, be, be set up for success. Be set up for success rounds. to overcome obstacles more easily. Yeah. Did you have anything else? That you're uh, I, had like five, I had something like five minutes ago. I can't remember what I was going to say five minutes ago. So. Number, what are we at? Number four? Fourth thing. Five? Four, five. five. Fifth, five. fifth number thing. Five. Number five. Number five. Okay. Friends come and go. I'm like, the most common thing anytime we meet other parents traveling, or they're like, oh my gosh, you're a teenager? What about friends? Like, oh, they're yes. horrible. We're going to make a whole fact. video on this later, but like for now, it's because this is the first question people ask you not about school, but about friends. Yeah, yeah. Usually, what about friends? I think, admittedly, like deep down, even though adults don't, don't want to admit it, they don't really think this, the public school system is all that impressive. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Especially true. in certain states. Um, okay, anyway. <laughs> but anyway, like, friends, like, what is the thing behind friends? Do we have friends traveling? The easy answer is. Not really, but we do have well, friends because you become friends with your siblings. Yeah, right. I mean, I have four friends, and you've got four friends, and yeah. you've got four friends. She probably has five friends. She's got. She's the social butterfly. Okay, but okay. I think the real thing here is that okay, when you first move into an RV, um, and let's assume that you're moving into an RV to travel a little bit and not to be completely stationary, because if you're station fully stationary then nothing really changes, especially mm -hmm. if you continue to send your kids to school. But let's assume you're traveling. At most teenagers, because we have met a couple other teenagers who have either traveled or lived in an RV, 
And the common um, beginning is that everyone starts with, oh, my, my old friends or the friends I met through whatever sports or school from when I was younger, I'll stay in touch with them and we'll keep, well, it's no big deal. We'll just stay friends and I'll still have friends as we travel. Well, the truth is like living a lifestyle like this, it's, it seems like just a lifestyle, but a lifestyle completely changes your inner value system to, and when your value systems change, well, friendships are built off of common value yeah. systems. So if you have different values than what your old friends do, then you no longer, mm -hmm. it's not that you don't get along with them on the surface level, you're probably still a nice person, uh, at least for us, it was it was like that. Like you could get along with them, but you, you no longer had much common ground. Yeah, there's no connection. I mean, for all our friends in the past, the, it was the exact thing you're saying is that mm -hmm. we were like, oh, we'll stay in touch with them, and slowly, like we're staying in touch, and there's more and more effort being put in, and there's this like disconnect, like, oh, you're changing. Like I don't really understand. There's not much of a common ground anymore. <laughs> I talk about the gossip at school and we're like, right. um, I just hiked a mountain. I don't know. Especially when you, we talked about if you're spending a lot of time around other like mature adults or adults from like, mm -hmm. you know, we meet people from lots of different countries because um, other than RV living, we also travel to 26 different countries. And so when you're surrounded by that and your maturity level grows, you just don't see eye to eye and not like in a conflict way, just like, hmm. I don't know if yeah. this friendship serves anymore. Yeah. I mean, but I, in a way, I count that as a win because you're evolving. RV life evolves you in your mindset to such a level that you're coming more connected to your true self. But we'll get to that later that it's like, oh, no, I don't get along with these people anymore. But there's still connection. And that's the thing is that when people ask, oh, what about friends? Is that in a way the society teen version of what people believe friends are is overrated in that connection with other people is something that is underrated because as you travel you're meeting so many different people that you have a form of small friendships everywhere you go that's very true and then like on the on the basic level we say friends come and go because literally friends come and go in that just the fact that you might go on trips often and you spend more time away from um your friends um your friends often have this feeling of like you slighted them in a way because you're not around them all the time which is understandable because if you know if you put yourself in the shoes of that person and your friends away from you all the time then comes back and they have just did all these cool things and they're just stuck in the school system well it's hard to stay friends yeah and then that's when you meet especially for us in our travels then you meet the true friends who understand that and still agree with you on that i mean we've met a few people who are like yep you're gonna like you might come back tomorrow you might come back in a month who knows we'll see you then and we still love you that's when we get into our next one which is the rule of five do you want to explain the rule of five the rule of five is a sacred rule among the nomads with a purpose. It explains that you must be ready to go anywhere in either five minutes, five hours, five days, or five weeks. And sometimes or five months. even five months. Or five years. We haven't had, yeah, we've had five years too. So that's the rule of five is that um, what we've learned through our travels, especially, I mean, with so many different people for us living in a family of seven, and that's a lot of people for like parents have to juggle. And so it's like, we might be leaving to go hike or go do this. And it's like hard to get the message around. So it's just like, be ready. And you have to listen by the rule of five. We might leave in five minutes to go hike. We might leave in five hours. We might change our mind and leave in five weeks. All right. Yeah. I'd say so, this one isn't well, totally exclusive to RV living. Yeah. Cause I know people who are like this, who don't live in RVs. And there's actually a lot of people who live in RVs who don't do this. This yeah. is kind of just, 
a personal one. This is one. a family personal it's, thing yeah. and other families might have this. But it plays a huge influence on uh, <laughs> growing up as a... Sorry. You, you just like, interrupted oh, him? Is that what happened? I think that's what happened. I just said, ah. So ah it's like, okay. you finish your thought okay. first. <laughs> but living the rule of five has really changed us as, I think, teens because it teaches you, like, the most important skill, which Adapt is adaptability. I mean, if you think about it, like... You know, what is the meaning behind the skill of adaptability? Well, you know, when you become an adult, which we technically are now, she's still a kid, um, you know, like life doesn't always go as planned and the ability to adapt and overcome and change routes as fast as you can is gonna help you get over those roadblocks faster and like move on yeah. to the next thing and um, move into this next evolution of yourself faster. And yeah. adaptability is something that like a lot of times we think of we don't see the practical application of it, but it is, it's super practical and it's gonna yeah. cross over to all aspects. And that like teaches, it's also teaches with the rule of five, not only adaptability, but detachment, especially with like how you said, like changing who you are, like, oh yeah, we're moving to this new thing. I'm just gonna go with it and enjoy mm -hmm. it rather than being stubborn and being like, but I want this, this yeah. is not fair. Well, it's so. definitely one of those rules that like, the rule of five will definitely only apply, like if you, just stay where you are but you live in a motorhome mm -hmm. it's not going to be really affected and it also is dependent on uh the parents on whether or not you go by the <laughs> go rule by of the five because yeah. some parents yeah. i think who travel don't have that they're like yeah. no i planned all of my travels <laughs> out for the next six yeah. months and you know like what you were just saying how the rule of five applies on like a broader level i can say personally that like this year or at least last year 2020 we had to go from our regular routine of rv life where we would like we would be spend like a month in san diego so that my dad could work and then we would go travel and for a long time and then we'd come back in the winter time sometime usually um and that totally changed in 2020 because of all the COVID stuff and mm. and it was I, it was really hard for me to adapt to that major life difference because i was like oh i loved the way my life was but it was a perfect um the perfect representation of what the rule of five taught me it's like um, you can't go back and change things, but you can adapt and evolve into this new role. Yeah, it's like the, it's like that. There's a meme. It's like improvise, adapt, overcome. This you is my favorite meme. Okay. okay, we'll just we should just put it right there. Yeah, it's right there. It's right over my face. Or maybe it's it? over there. You could put it over my head. Okay, okay. <laughs> Number seven, I think we're on. Uh, in six, seven. Yeah, seven. Yes, seven. Intrinsic motivation. A big one. I feel like when you first start off RV life and you're still in that. Or, for me, at least, you were, I was in that teen mindset of like, oh, I'm doing this for other people. How are other people seeing me? I'm going to do this because I want to... It's all based on how you think your peers are going to see you. It's all you. about validation. I mean, the mind of a teenager is like, how can I be validated, accepted? How can I be validated, accepted, and seen as like worthy and like enough for the world? Yeah, and then instead, RV life, because one, you're kind of detached from all your peers it teaches you to have intrinsic motivation and be motivated for something that you desire yeah for sure i mean i remember when we i i was probably 14 and we just started and i was told that i only had to do i had two options i could either do the normal eight hours of school a day or i could do two hours of school a day but then i had to fill the rest of my time with self-assigned schoolwork so basically like like basically most of your life becomes uh a, intrinsically a, yeah, driven intrinsic like what do i want out of myself right yeah. you just have so much spare time 
And like my personal example would be, so we moved in when I, when I was 14. And so I would have been, a, I was a freshman in high school when we moved in and obviously I was homeschooled. Um, the first year, I remember we did a lot of regular school cause we were both in high school at the time. Yeah. We're only a year apart. So we kind of just did like the same school. Um, well in 20, when I was 15, the following year, a year after RV living, we, we decided we were going to go to Europe and live in an RV and travel in an RV for six months. So we were like, oh, we just want to like enjoy that. So let's just get all of high school schoolwork done in one year. So I remember one day we were like, I'm for a couple like months of, what? I don't know if I managed to do it in one year. I remember I did. I did. Of course she did. I didn't. Um, so I basically did all of my high school necessity knowledge in one year. And we went to Europe so we could enjoy our time. But after Europe, I was basically like, okay, now what? So in Europe, my mom and I actually started our blog together, which is now our business. Um, but basically what happens is that you be, even if you do do a, have a large schedule of schoolwork to do, you still have so much time in your life and then you truthfully have to just fill it with something. So basically you naturally have intrinsic motivation just because you have so much time. You have, you have mm -hmm. to fill your life with something. And it's a good thing because the natural tendency for our human mind is to want to create and have ideas and all of a sudden you're you have a desire to go consume knowledge and create things yeah it took me a few years to catch along with this whole intrinsic motivation thing i remember when they i mean i mean you were I'm, 10 you were yeah, 10 i was 10 years old <laughs> to be 10. fair oh my god i didn't have intrinsic motivation at 10 years old i'm so terrible but yeah they were working on the blog and i'm like I just want to draw whatever but a few years later when i became to be her age and i was 15 we were finally i was finally like oh my gosh i have all this free time to do anything mm -hmm. and so that kind of started my entrepreneurial uh side of being starting off as a va and which eventually led over time to me now trying to be a mindfulness coach trying to be or <laughs> being a mindfulness coach so now that because you have so much time in your day i was like i can you can literally do anything you want and that's the thing i feel like with school is that it's a time suck that tries to keep you like all the things you could do in high school could be done in a year exactly and, yeah. <laughs> like, so you have all you realize how much right. time happens so it leads have. to the the next one is creativity and you have time in your life to be creative and like i just said the mind's natural tendency is to want to create things but you have to be have time in your life and you have to get away from this you have to basically dive into more of your subconscious space and the subconscious space is accessed when we're no longer consciously thinking now yeah. if you've ever meditated you know exactly what i'm talking about but this naturally happens without meditating if you just spend enough time doing nothing yeah right. i mean like in like there's so many hours of road tripping i'll make this quick because i interrupted you again <laughs> i know i i should be more assertive you're getting a good glimpse I'm, into our natural dynamics here yeah yeah this is very much a great good example of our natural dynamics anyway like she said there's so much free time like nature being out rv life puts you so much more in nature now that's unless you're living rv life just in your still same day-to-day -day routine but it gives you so much space to like be in nature and that quietness there is like really makes so much space for creativity and it's crazy the difference yeah and it just makes sense i think it's probably a little hard to believe like really all of these things just if i throw my kids in a motorhome <laughs> but when your kids go to school and then they come home after doing whatever sport they do and then they do their homework they're not going to spend their hour free time with a little bit of energy doing anything but binging something on netflix yeah. but if you have eight hours every day if you have your whole day and you're away from people and that's another thing is that creativity doesn't really blossom unless you're by yourself listening to yourself if that makes any definitely. sense. definitely like mm -hmm. i mean if you think about i remember 
the first time I kind of noticed my creativity happening was like we were on you know when you're driving you have a long period of time to sit and think especially if you're like not watching movies I mean watching movies or Netflix gets boring after a while and you just have to sit and stare out the window and that's yeah. where it happens where you realize oh wow I'm thinking of ideas I think, I I have most, an idea I think most of our best ideas Happen each of road. us happen when you're on the highway at night or even in the day yeah. but it's a really long stretch of highway in which there's just, nothing you got the car's going straight and yeah your mind just wanders yeah and yep. i would even go a step further because now um me and isabel do courses on um uh, with our mom on helping people understand the chakras so that they can apply them to their to their own life and feel more empowered and so literally being in nature has certain um colors in nature like forests have the frequency of the heart chakra and certain um water has the frequency of the sacral chakra and the sacral chakra is tied is associated with our creativity so literally the energetic frequencies that are found in nature spark the energy centers within us that allow us to be creative and have vision and intuition and love and compassion so yeah. basically it's just awesome so basically it's just awesome well that was a great way to sum basically, up an awesome basically sentence. just awesome um, Sh mic drop okay number nine and the final one warning you might find your true self dun, dun, dun. Oh! and okay. your true self is basically when you're most a lot like how people see you how you see yourself and what's the third one? Oh, yeah I don't how, know the, that how the one. world sees you is they're all three of those images are the closest aligned they can get, and, yeah and because that's it. basically you know if you go to school what happens is you're a kid and you're your total self. You know, you, you don't care what people think of yeah. you. And then, then you, you go to, to mimic then people. middle school happens. And then you go to high and school then, and all of a sudden you're trying to be, you're trying so hard to be validated. And you know, um, when we talk about chakras a lot, um, we talk about how there's the root chakra is the first chakra, the sacral chakra is the second chakra and the sacral chakra develops when you are in your early teen years. Mm -hmm. So, and the sacral chakra is the chakra of validation and self-worth. So it's a natural tendency. It's not weird that people in high school or when you're in high school, you're like, I just want to be validated and um, have self-worth through. Yeah. It's a natural you gotta response. Get past it. And so what happens is that you basically end up changing yourself or you put on this identity in order to be accepted into a group. Well, yeah. that completely throws off your alignment with your true sense of self and your natural expression of who yeah. you are. And so when you're in that, for most teenagers, when you're in the high school setting and you're surrounded by peers, you're always naturally in that state. Like, okay, how can I be accepted? But when you're RV life, you see that like, so much like, less that you're like, exactly. I have no choice but to find yeah, acceptance like, with it. Why do I care what you think of me? I'm just going to act like I normally would. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so, um, and again, it comes back to nature. You're just spending enough time outdoors. There's no one there to judge you. And then if you have the positive influence of adults, a, a positive, well, <laughs> Well, um, well-adjusted adults are not going to judge. What's that word? Well-adjusted adults are not going to judge you for who you Granted, are. Granted, yeah. there's, you know, not everyone is a well-adjusted adult. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. I mean, that was mind-blowing. I remember for me, as exaggerated as it sounds, is that when I started living RV life and seeing more adults out from this society peer group, I was like, whoa, this person's like seeing me and like treating right. me like an adult and i feel mature talking to you not yes. like how are you judging me i'm so scared so those are the nine things that no one tells you about rv living with teens i hope that like inspired you and like gave you insight into like the concerns people have about like uh, i don't know if i can live in an rv with my teenager or my teenager doesn't want to live in an rv um and and don't worry like you you're probably worried like well i don't want my teen to grow up and 
uh, be upset at me for something I did when raising them. Don't worry. Apparently, it happens to everyone. <laughs> yeah, but overall, in case like this sounded like like mixed signals that maybe you should or shouldn't live uh, RV life with your teen, it's a hundred percent yes. There's gonna be like there's gonna be moments where your kid's like, oh, this sucks, but like overall, RV life teaches you what really matters and really clears away any mindless chatter that yes. was and like those first three things we talked about i think those are like so important in um developing um a lack of entitlement because mm -hmm. i mean sure we probably entitled in some ways i'll like fully admit to that and but like teaches you overall like it really puts life into perspective for kid uh for teens and it helps them so much going forward so don't forget to like this video and subscribe and i'm gonna put links to all the related blogs we have on the 10 reasons um that you shouldn't full time travel with teenagers totally sarcastic and some other rv living resources you should also check out my mom and dad's um other uh videos on um tips for living in an RV and why it's awesome and other self-limiting beliefs that get in the way. You can also su subscribe to each of our own email lists. I have my consciousness club. She has a keep it mindful kids club and Danny does um, short story fiction writing. Um, any last words? Good luck. It's <laughs> thank you guys for joining us. <laughs>